We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve Pretz, joined as always by dusty evely sarah kelleher and we have a special guest we have the uh, winner of our listener contest we've got nick gregory all the way from australia so screw sarah and dusty nick how are you doing today man yeah, really great. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of surreal being on the podcast. Um, I think the past three or so years, I've listened to basically almost every episode. Um, <laughs> it's definitely like a very like comforting experience for me, I guess. Um, you know, kind of like it's almost like uh, like a like a family or something. You know, you kind of just like you tune in every day and you kind of get mm-hmm. to know everyone. And it's just really, um, yeah, it's really awesome to finally see you guys and talk to you in person. Awesome. Well, we're really excited for this episode. Um, get to learn more about you. You can ask us some stuff and and uh, go from there. Now, obligatory, I'll have to ask Sarah, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, gee. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Um, I'm, do- I'm doing great. I'm excited Nick is here. I always think it's cool when we get to meet our listeners and especially cool that you're all the way in Australia and we can just learn about you, how you became a Packers fan and some of your interests and um glad you could join and that we could make the timing work um but yeah dusty uh, how you doing terrible steve terrible uh <laughs> no i'm good i'm good uh you know nick yeah sorry sorry you listened to every episode for the past three years <laughs> we will apologize for all the all the nonsense we put you through with that i guess but yeah no this is great we're excited i mean you know i we I, I don't know about everyone else i assume everyone else is as well but i know i listen to a lot of podcasts and you do get that feeling where like you yep. you know these people you you know them but they don't know you and so that's yeah. that's one of the reasons we kind of want to do this and we did this last year as well is, is get to know some of the people that um for some reason decide to listen to us so uh <laughs> so yeah we're we're just thrilled to have you on and and actually have again football things to talk about so yeah great day yes. great day yeah we don't judge nick at all for the fact that he listens to us for like three years straight that's just uh <laughs> that's a nice thing for us <laughs> Guys, we've got football to talk about, just like Dusty said. It's exciting. So training camp's going on. So I'm just going to hit each, the three of you guys, and tell me one thing that you, you know, obviously none of us are in Green Bay, but what's one thing that you took away that you saw from Twitter, from some videos, whatever it was? Uh, Dusty, we'll start with you. 
like I'm not in Green Bay, but I also feel like I am. We talked about this before between Andy Herman running it down, man. I just I just am refreshing his feed constantly during the practices uh, between him and then Schneidman's wrap ups and everyone else that's there. I feel like I'm there. So I'll start with a guy that everyone's talking about. Um, I think Justice Mosqueda put it best today when he when he photoshopped a gold jacket on Romeo Dubs, and that's Romeo <laughs> Dubs. Uh, he's been killing it. I'm ex- I, I've got in the back of my mind, I really hope this is not Josh Jones syndrome, uh, where I get really excited about someone, and then everything just, oh, oh, guess what? It's not going that well, but pads are on. He's still making plays. So this is my favorite thing from today. This is from Schneidman's rundown over at the Athletic. Uh, I'm just going to read this little snippet from the one-on-ones. Uh, Dubs burns Stokes on a go-route down the right sideline and hauls in a TD on a great throw from Rodgers. Stokes throws his helmet down. Dubs gets a cel- celebratory jumping chest bump from fellow rookie wideout Christian Watson. Now, Evan Siegel actually captured this moment of Watson and Dubs getting up in the air and celebrating this, which is awesome. The reason I love this is, you know, those guys, a couple of reasons. Those rookies together, they kind of got that connection. Obviously, still, you know, Watson could potentially be down a little bit. He's not out there, but he's cheering on his fellow rookie that's exciting i am not concerned at all about stokes i'm just celebrating dubs here we saw what stokes did last year hoping he still carries that over this year he's got a ton of talent so it's not it's one of those we always talk about this with the practice it's always this like do i celebrate the big play of the off by the offense or do i go like well it was also against our defense so like is it is this good or bad is it both i don't know but like stokes i'm not concerned with so the fact that he beats stokes down the field on a go ball and all of that happened. It, it just makes me thrilled. I'm, I'm trying like the rest of everyone in, in Packers nation here. I'm trying not to get my hopes up about Romeo dubs and he's making it real hard. He's making it real hard to get on. We got hopes up on him. So, so that's mine is uh Stokes, Stokes, uh, Stokes over Stokes over dubs and Watson with the uh, chest bump. Yeah. I mean, everything that dusty said, especially with dubs, uh, I've been all summer saying, I think this was a good draft pick. I really like it. Every time we got a question about, you know, who, who was your favorite pick? Who do you think is the pick that's going to surprise us? That was the guy I said. So for my ego, this is great. And hopefully it continues so that I can make fun of dusty and Steve and, um, and just say that I was right. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm pretty positive. I'm the one who said that out of all the rookies that dubs is the one that could have the biggest impact. No, you said Quay Walker. By no, default, I did not. you said Quay no, Walker. No, I did not. That's, no, that's true. That's absolutely <laughs> oh, true. You absolutely God. said Quay somebody, Walker. No. Somebody can go back. Somebody can go back and find it. But yeah, We will anyway. have to because I know I said dubs, and both of you scoffed at me. And then Schneidman came out and said it too. So, yeah. I'm this right. Both of you are wrong. This doesn't sound right to me. Oh, my God. This is why I, I hope I, I'm right. This is why I need I to I am driving for three hours tomorrow to, to a golf outing. I have time to listen to these podcasts. I will do it. <laughs> You know how spiteful I am. I know. You're the most spiteful person I know. <laughs> Anyways, so in addition to that, it seemed like Jordan Love also had a really great day, yes. which is just nice to see. I feel like Jordan Love just gets so much unnecessary hate with all of the Aaron Rodgers drama. And people think he sucks. People say he's not good enough, that the Packers should trade him away. And so the fact that he's still showing up and he's putting in the work and it seems like improving year after year all very good signs. So happy to see that Jordan Love had a good day. I believe Andy Herman tweeted that he and Devondre Campbell were the sta- two standouts of training camp on Tuesday. So in addition to dubs, I, I just loved that for Jordan Love. Nick, what about you? Um, for me, it's definitely kind of like finally getting the full like realization of Rashawn Gary. Like when he was first drafted, you know, everyone knows kind of what the, the general reaction was. And I'm always like a stickler for that guy who's like, 
a really hard worker and like kind of a physical freak. We kind of see like in the league now, a lot of these guys are starting to see success. And it's um especially like the way last year ended, it's just really like validating. <laughs> I'm sure for him as well, but for me as a fan, <laughs> obviously. Um to hear about how yeah, how is every every single player, it seems like he's just showing up, he's like stepping into kind of that hole that Z left, right? And um yeah, it's just like it's just really like amazing. I'm so happy for him to finally get like the full time role and he can finally show the league what he can do. Uh, just to, you know, pump my own chest, I was a big fan of Sean Gary Pink too, yeah. when it happened. I could tell something was coming. You had that smirk on your face. Here he comes. Universally praised the AJ Dillon pick. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, yeah I did actually. I did do that one too, but nobody really cares. It does. It's weird. I don't understand it. Um, I think one of my favorite things actually is it piggybacks a little bit on what Dusty did, but it was just a tweet from today and it was actually from Trey Watson senior. And, uh, he was, it had the, the picture of dubs and Watson jumping together. And he wrote, dude jumped higher than dubs while he's still rehabbing his knee. Boy, I tell you, that's a freak of nature right there. So, you know, the proud dad, right. That I, I love that one. I really thought that was pretty funny. So just talking a little trash, like, Hey, that's really cool. My son's still going to be better though. So I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, just, just a lot of good stuff that's coming out right now. Uh, it's, it's exciting. We're, we're all really jacked up that we actually have football to talk about, but right now we're, we're going to talk about Nick. We're going to learn a little bit more about you. Um, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, what do you do, how you became a Packers fan, all the, you know, the nitty gritty details. Yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm Nick. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Currently, I live in um, St Kilda, which is basically like along the beach. Um, there's like a really famous uh, theme park. It's called Luna Park. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's kind of like I'll send it through on, on the group. But it's like it's like a, a giant like mouth that you walk into, and like all the rides and like the, the amusement park is like through this weird, creepy, like grotesque mouth thing. Um, I'm listening. In this place, or <laughs> yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's pretty um, it's pretty pretty scary to be honest. Like I don't, I'm not sure why why it's marketed to kids, but um, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I I work uh, full time as a chef. Um, technically, I'm I'm an apprentice chef, but like the role and the job that I do is basically like a full like the the full role of a chef. Um, I'm really, I'm really passionate about food, but hopefully next year I can go to study music at university. Um. I can play six different instruments, seven if you count singing. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously I'm just like super like obsessed with the Packers and that's kind of like my like trio of things in my life, I guess, food, music and, and Packers football. It's like every, every morning I wake up, check Twitter and you know, listen to the podcast and kind of like uh, the, the athletic podcast as well. It's a good general one I listen to. Um, Yeah. That's, that's me. <laughs> so how did your Packers fandom begin? I'm very curious about this story. I So it's kind of like a, a bit of a, a long road. So when I was like 10 years old, I kind of found out about American football because it's not super common here in Australia. Right. Um, and I I became really obsessed with um, Lydani and Tomlinson on the Chargers. It's like that look, the blue, the eye shield, mm-hmm. number 21. Number 21 is my favorite number. And it's just like oh my God, it looks incredible. Like, what, what, what is that? What is that sport? And I kind of like got into that. I didn't like the Chargers. Um, and then I kind of like, because I was like so young, I just kind of, kind of went based off colors. And then I originally, I liked the Cardinals. And then I shifted to the Saints. And then I kind of just like dropped it for a bit until I hit like 15 or 16. And then I was playing like Madden on my phone. 
And um, I got an Aaron Rodgers card to start. And I was like, oh, who is this guy? And I started looking at like the highlights and you see like the Hail Mary. And this is like coming off the 2016 divisional game against the Cowboys. And so you see that like that incredible throw and like all the Hail Marys he's done in the years before. And I was like, this guy can't be human. Like this is not like physically possible. <laughs> so I, I go deep into like what he's done and go into like the team. And like the more I find I found out about the actual team itself, is when I started to really be like, oh my God, this is like actually the team that I want to follow. It's like things like, you know, it's owned by the town. The town kind of runs around the team almost. Um, and it's like, this is so incredible to me that like in such a big league, in such a league where it's like, a lot of it is you know, like about like making money and things like that. It's like for them, it still comes back to the town and how they can support the community. Um, and so yeah, I, I find it so amazing. Also the um, green and gold, in, in whenever Australia plays international sports, like in the Olympics or whatever, green and gold is like the Australian colors. So it was just really easy to justify keeping the color theme. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I have another question yeah. and it goes back to Australia. Um, I feel like there are a lot of just stereotypes about Australia in general. Um, what's it like to live there? You know, the weather, yep. everything. So what are, is something that people assume about Australia that you've heard that's just completely untrue? Well, to be honest, I think a lot of them actually are true. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like we're not quite, quite like riding kangaroos to work, but if you live out like kind of in almost like the country kind of areas, it's like very common. You kind of like have to drive slowly along the roads in case like you see like a wombat on the road or a kangaroo comes past it's like quite easy to like get into an accident so you have to be really careful and you know like the wildlife definitely is trying to kill you most of the time like we have like <laughs> heaps of spiders and it's like you know it's like we got like we got tiny little spiders that can kill you and we got like massive spiders that will just like scare the hell out of you it's um it's a bit of a mixed bag and you have like the platypus which is kind of like what the hell's going on there um but one one that i think that isn't true especially at the moment where I live in Melbourne, um, it's, it's winter at the moment. And I think, I, I think a lot of people think that Australia is like very much like a beach community or like the opposite kind of like, there's like a big, like a lot of people live like in the desert kind of in the middle of Australia. Um, but the weather is like super erratic in Melbourne. We kind of have like a bit of like a reputation in Australia for having like very unpredictable weather. And, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, you can go from being super sunny to being super rainy and then cloudy and cold. And in in Queensland, in the, in the north, it's like you can go from like in the summer, it can go from monsoon rain to like 30 degree heat, which is like about 100 degrees for you guys um, within the span of like half an hour. And it's just like very jarring sometimes. But yeah, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them definitely are true though. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It sounds a little bit like Wisconsin, except, you know, instead of kangaroos, it's just deer. So... <laughs> Always on the lookout for deer and always on the lookout for kangaroos so you don't hit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I mean, you picked the right team. Yeah. All right. Um, you're you're a man who's clearly passionate about food. Fine, yes. fine cuisine, we'll yes. say. <laughs> What's your favorite Oreo, Nick? Yeah, I mean, same as with when I'm when I'm cooking as well. It kind of comes back to like the classics. Um, some people would call them basics. Um, I'm I'm just a fan of like the original Oreo. Like something so perfect about the ratio of like the biscuits not too mm-hmm. sweet and like not too much stuffing and like a lot of the flavors I'm I'm not really like too fond of especially like the very gimmicky flavors something yeah it's like something very like nostalgic and perfect about like the regular oreo dip it in milk you know it's just perfect um but definitely like mini oreos it's close second oh yeah very very addicting still haven't found anyone that said the lady gaga oreos yet That's <laughs> oh god those are awful <laughs> ass they tasted like ass <laughs> oh they were like the is the the golden cookie it was the golden cookie and it was pink uh. and green and oh it was so bad <laughs> i took one bite and threw the rest of them away they were I ate awful, that entire awful. package i don't i don't respect myself as a person mm. I, mean, I think you guys Neither have a lot more flavors than we do <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say are there any like weird flavors like... that we don't get up here <laughs> Ben Simmons flavored Oreo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? Just tastes like bricks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, almost almost spit up water. That was good. (laughs) Okay, Um, let's just transition. Um, We were just kind of curious. Like, if there a, like, what's your dream vacation, a place you would love to go to that you kind of like on your bucket list of things to do in your life? Um, well, actually, kind of funny that you asked this question because um, me and my partner are actually about to go on this trip. Um, she's currently in America. She's staying in Maine um, and she's teaching at like a summer camp there. Um, she's doing like, like water sports and stuff, I think. Um, and when she's done there, we're going to go in Europe. Uh, I'm going to meet her there and then we're going to kind of tour around. Um, 
and kind of like for me because it's like I haven't because I'm so young haven't really been overseas much before and it's like everything is so new that I'm happy to see everything so just like kind of taking our time to go along like the countryside of Europe and it's kind of like not necessarily super touristy things but it's like get a feel for the cities and like kind of just walk around enjoy ourselves but um definitely want to go to Green Bay someday that's like column B um like this past year, I was 100% convinced that the Packers were going to go on the dream run. And I, I told my, my boss, I was like, if they're, if they're in the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm taking my holiday. I'm dumping my savings. I'm going. <laughs> like, like, there's no question about it. Because like, I, awesome. I thought Rodgers was going to retire. You know, I thought like, you know, the dream team was coming together. Whitney Merciless came back. Z came back. And I was like, it's happening. Like, I'm, I'm going to go. And then it didn't. So, you know, haven't been. <laughs> And then it didn't. Yep, that was the worst. I remember all of our hopes. It felt like everything was coming together yeah. perfectly. The stars were aligning, and then they just absolutely laid an egg, or special teams absolutely laid an egg, and here we are. <laughs> Sigh. This, uh, it's your tender. So as a longtime listener of the show, you know that in addition to the Packers, we talk a lot about food, and we also talk about movies, TV shows, and everything else under the sun. Yes. So curious, what's your guilty pleasure movie or your favorite movie that you like to watch and just put on when you're maybe bored one day? Yeah, um, I saw Dusty talking about Pacific Rim last week. Um, that yes. movie is like, <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, it's so like visually stimulating. You know, there's like explosions and like monsters and robots. There's even an Australian robot. Mm-hmm. Shout out. That's pretty cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> but for me personally, growing up, it was always either Grease, I think it's probably the best musical of all time. It's so entertaining, even if it's like the content's a bit like a bit outdated, a bit messed up. Um, or Stardust, I think was directed by Robert Zemeckis, the um, adaptation of the Neil Gaiman book. Um, that was the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. That movie is like, it's just so entertaining. It's like, you know, not necessarily maybe the best, you know, you know most like cohesive plot or whatever but just so entertaining it's like raw entertainment value you got like you know all like the the fantasy tropes you got like witches and there's like cool magic and like yeah just so entertaining never gets old gaiman knows what he's doing man he knows what he's doing um all right so i'm i'm curious about this one i am interested about this one because uh it's a question we've asked to people in the past you get it's kind of the stock answers. Um, I'm kind of curious where this goes for you being in Australia. Yeah. If you could pick one person to narrate your life, who would it be? Um, so for this one, I didn't end up choosing an Australian. Um, I chose Giancarlo Esposito. Um, I, okay. I, um, I like that. I, I'm a big fan of the boys. I don't know if you guys have watched that show. Um, yes. And love it. He's just like, so like his, the way he delivers his lines is so like clinical. It's like very similar to the way he kind of plays like Gus Ring in some ways. Um, I just think, cause sometimes I get quite nervous or I overthink things. And I think his voice is just so like calming, almost like meditative. And uh, I think it would, he would kind of like, he would say things in a very like matter of fact way. And I feel like it would be very, very calming to me, very grounding. And he seems like, yeah, you know, it's just like his voice is just so like satisfying, straight up. It's just satisfying. I hadn't thought of him. I like that's yeah. a. I feel like I, if he was voices in my head, I would feel like I was being threatened all the time. Like I'm just <laughs> on the verge of getting murdered in a given moment. But I like it. I dig it. I like living on that razor's edge. There, that's good. 
All right, so you said you kind of started following the Packers 2016. So this last question we got to yes. get to know you a little bit more. It'll be a little more recent, but what is your like all-time favorite Packers memory? <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many good ones. Um, like, yeah, like the, the that playoff game the, um, in Matt LaFleur's uh, first season, uh, the Seattle one, um, that was like incredible kind of seeing them go to the playoffs again after that, that like two-year drought. Um, but for, for me, I think the biggest was probably – that um, unforgettable 2018 season opener. We all know what went down. I was like 17. Uh, I was in I was in English class because the games play at like that. That was a Thursday night game, right? Um, and it played like in the middle of my English class, like 10 in the morning. And you know, not not supposed to be watching football games. I'm in class, but you know, had it on anyway. And this like seeing Rogers go down. My friends watched me go through the full spectrum of emotion. I'm like devastated because I'm like, we just lost him for a season. Can't have two seasons in a row where he's just like not there. And he comes back, you know, and you're like, oh my God, it's happening. And like, you can just feel the energy in the stadium comes back and like, you know, slowly starts putting points on the board. That um, deep shot to Geronimo Allison, you're like, oh, mate. And then, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm there and like, he's about to tie the game up. Not Randall Cobb again, you know, scores. And I'm there <laughs> initially like slamming the table in English class. And my poor English teacher, bless her heart, she was just like reading a book and trying to get us to like do our work. I was just absolutely <laughs> losing it. And my friend had to calm me down. I didn't really want to get in trouble or whatever. But oh, the adrenaline, you know, you guys know that adrenaline, that feeling you get when like such intense moments, it's um it's unforgettable. Like, kind of like yeah, like and not to drag on too much, but this the, the Cardinals game in the year past. My um, I watched it with my partner, and she she had to calm me down. I, I thought we were going to lose when Kyler Murray was at the in the in the red zone. I was like, "Oh, you're kidding me! Like we were so close get the pick." I'm like up yelling, slamming the walls. I'm like, "Oh, losing it!" <laughs> but yeah, so good. That's awesome. You sound like a true Packer fan. I love it. <laughs> Fit right in in Wisconsin. Well, awesome. That's uh, it's great to kind of get to yeah. learn a little bit more about you and understand what uh, where your fandom came from. So, um, you want to tell the people too your your Twitter handle? So, if they want to give you a follow, that I mean, we'd love to get you your, your <laughs> stats padded a little bit as well. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, so my Twitter handle is at Nicholas G R G R N I C H O L A S G R G R. I yeah. I mean, I've been I've been curious about like what it would look like if I ever made a podcast. Cause I looked really hard to see if there was anyone in Australia doing a podcast and there's basically no one. So like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I know the last listener started their own podcast, you know, um, could be like their own pack a day podcast, podcasting tree in years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I enjoy engaging with a lot of the guys on Packers Twitter are so lovely. Um, you know, obviously, like mm-hmm. you guys, super, super sweet, Andy, Peter from the other side. Um, yeah, you know, it's really, <laughs> really great to engage with you guys on Twitter from so far away. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, if you started one, uh, I have a feeling it'd be good. Hey, we like your pod was the one that that kind of that that Matt Pickett started off of ours. Yeah, that art the pack a day tree starts looking better than the Belichick coaching yeah. tree. Like that's yeah. uh, that's not bad. <laughs> not right bad. There. Not bad at all. You no, know, we get royalties though if you do start something along those lines. Yeah, couple. Matt hasn't couple given us. us. Matt and Don haven't given us any yet, though. But we're we're waiting at we'll some get, point. We'll get, get there. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, get there. It, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, all right, we're going to switch it around now, give you an opportunity to ask us some questions, things that have been burning on your mind. Yep. So we'll give you the floor. Yeah. So um, my first question was kind of going off what Sarah asked me. It was like, what is the first thing that you guys think of when you hear like hear about Australia? Like what comes to mind? For me, it's something you kind of talked about, honestly. I had a biology teacher in high school, and she lived in Australia for a few years. Yeah. And she would talk about how, like, driving home from work, wherever she was working at the time, and how it was, like, you'd, you'd have to scan up ahead of you because kangaroos would just jump in front of you. Yes. And that lady ended up being, like, borderline insane <laughs> and made up a whole lot of stories. So I had my mind, like, this was, <laughs> like, this is not true. Like, this is not true. But then you confirm that that is actually true. So yes. that is something that comes to my mind. It was, like, driving so through australia so you don't hit a kangaroo and apparently that's accurate so uh I, I hate to admit it, but the first thing that i think of is that video from twitter of the kangaroo that kidnapped the dog and yes. then the guy the owner comes up and punches the kangaroo in the face like that's just that's wild like no there's no deer that's gonna come kidnap a dog and then you go punch a deer in the face but like the kangaroo is ready to box like that was just insanity so yeah that was like when I think of Australia, that's legit the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah, and it's actually really crazy because that's like super, super, super dangerous to do that. Like when you when you go to the zoo or whatever to see like kangaroos, they they strictly order you to not look kangaroo in the eye because especially if you go to like open zoos where you can kind of like touch them or whatever. Like if you look them in the eye, they'll like they'll lose it because it's like a, a dominance thing. Um, so for him to actually mm. like square up against that kangaroo and like actually hit it, it was actually like. It's actually a pretty big deal because you, you can like what what they do is they kind of like bounce off their tail and they'll like kick you. So yeah, props to him. He's a legend. <laughs> a legend. And for me, um, which is it's cool that you live there. It's actually just Melbourne. So yeah. I grew up uh, and was born and raised in Melbourne, Florida. Um, <laughs> so it's very common. Whenever I have run into people where I say. Like, what? I did. That's where I'm from, Steve. Why are you giving me I'm that I'm fully look? aware that's where you're from, sir. So things can also Australia. kill you in Florida, Steve. The bugs can kill you in Florida as no. well. Anyway, what do so you when think, I think about, about Australia? I think about where I grew up in Florida. No, I just think of Melbourne. Like, the first thing I think of is that because I have a personal connection. But I also, and I don't know if it's just from textbooks growing up and like in social studies class reading things but i always think of the opera house too yes. and like seeing that picture of it on the water that's an image that comes to mind right away and of course kangaroos and the other things that they said but yeah. those were a couple for me yeah yeah actually yeah, it's really funny yeah like, um yeah th th there's quite a few like suburbs and stuff in melbourne that have similar names to like american cities as well like we have uh like just outside of the city we have a we have like brooklyn <laughs> We have our own Brooklyn, so you know, probably not as uh, oh. probably not as hectic, but uh, yeah, basically the same, right? Next question: <laughs> What packer have you had the biggest soft spot for in recent memory? Hmm. So, like, what I mean by that is like someone who maybe not necessarily wasn't the best player, but someone who you kind of like you just really resonated with on a personal level, or you just kind of like really wanted them to succeed. I love Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is like almost always my answer for this. I know he's had success, but I I know people that know him and he graduated from UK right. when I was here and everything. So I've, I've always loved him. I, I will go back 
just because his career, he was much loved, I think, when he was in Green Bay. His career was very short. I'll go Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy kind of takes yeah. a lot of jokes for his weight at the time and all of that. And I mean, I think if he if he didn't run on a crab meat ankle against the against the Cowboys, like I yeah. I I kind of just wonder what his career would have been. He's been kind of again, kind of a post career punching bag a little bit. Uh, and I just, if I, anytime I see that, I just, my, my rage level starts going up a little bit. Like, you don't know what he was, uh, cause he just seems like such a genuinely good dude. So I'm, I'll go, I'll go Eddie Lacey. I think that's a good one for me. I think in, this is just in recent, recent memory. It would be Kurt Benkert. Like I know <laughs> he wasn't going to play and that he was a practice squad guy, but he was just such a good guy absolutely as many people in the Packers universe say carried the G and I just wanted the best for him um and I saw he was working out I believe with the Texans yesterday um and I I just wished the very best for him always and you know I was sad when when he got cut I I understood it but yeah he he's somebody that I I was rooting for and that I kind of had a soft spot for I think I'd go with Jamal Williams it was just he was yes. just so much fun to have on the team and just such a positive force of energy like before the game during practice and training camp mini camp whatever it was like that man just had a smile on his face and everybody loved being around him and it was just kind of like you know the writing was on the wall when they brought AJ Dillon in but he still went out and did his job and did it well and then went to Detroit and still still doing things over there so you know sucks that he's not with the Packers, but man, that like when he was there for four years, it was just, he was just a, one of those guys that was just amazing to have on the team. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you guys want to say, and like, I had a little typo on the question. MVS is definitely, definitely my guy. Um, yeah. Kind of yeah, like watching them go through like, yeah. Watching him go through the struggles of like, like the promising rookie, uh, sophomore slump, you know, and you're seeing like, kind of like realizing it in 2020. Um, yeah. Really awesome. Um, so when you, you, I think for you guys, watching the football game, it's like almost like a whole day experience when you have like the tailgate and like being at the stadium and stuff. Um, like I just wanted to ask, what is your like one quintessential like game day snack or food? Like, I guess like you have like, like chicken wings is like probably a big one, right? Yeah. It's buff- Buffalo wings for me. I think, yeah, I think like, I usually watch it with a couple of brothers and a friend of mine. We go to someone's house. So it'll, it'll change up, yeah. you know, depending on the week, but uh, we, we're usually eyeing those Buffalo wings um, yeah. at the very least. Same buffalo wings or a chicken sandwich, uh, burger, anything in that category. For sides, but like buffalo chicken dip is always absolutely fire. Yeah. I love that. Um, Steve, I don't know. I know you're a big fan of chili. Would that be one of yours? That was going to be my answer. Uh, yeah. So normally, yeah. As soon as the the there's a little bit of coolness in the air, then that's when the first batch of chili will hit the crock pot. You know, yeah. always love tinkering with it, and then it just you can have it, you know, have it at noon, but then on Sundays where the games are going all day long, then it's just have a bowl for lunch and then have a bowl for dinner and your stomach really hurts at the end of the night. But, uh, you know, it's been a good day. And then some of the free, the, the Fritos as a dipper, those are always good. So strong. I would say that. And then, yeah, like, kind of like Sarah said, like dips, like uh, a taco dip or a buffalo chicken dip is always a, a solid thing to have yeah. to, to snack on. Yeah. All right, well, Steve, I'll have to send you, there's this, tiktok trend that's going around right now and it's basically a a voiceover and it's joe buck saying like oh it's a chilly december night at lambeau field and we're gonna have some fun and it and somebody posted it the other day and it was like point of view 
you're you're just bringing the chili out of the slow cooker <laughs> it's finally getting cold outside football is on like nature is healing i'm like that's literally steve every year when he sends us on sunday that he has is having chili <laughs> i'm not on the tiktok sarah but if you can send it to me in some other form the yeah. tiktok yeah the TikTok. The- <laughs> isn't that what all the youths are calling it precisely oh god <laughs> um right and finally um as the aaron rogers hail mary highlight was for me uh what was the moment that truly hooked you in to the packers fandom that made you want to wake up and do this cover the packers like i don't know that i have one specifically we've talked about this yes. before like i i kind of grew up i did not grow up in green bay i've never lived in green bay but yep. i grew up um raised as a packers fans from a young age so like i don't uh, it, I don't know that there was a choice for me. I mean, I could have made a choice, I guess, but there was not really a choice for me to be made where there was something that was like, my brother has a story. My oldest brother is a, a Patriots fan and his origin story is like seeing some insane play on a year. They went two and 14 and it's still like seared in his memory. For me, it was just, I like the Packers cause I like the Packers. I mean, some I remember, I think I was 15, the um, Yancey Thigpen drop the day before Christmas uh, that got the it was Packers Steelers game. I think if the Packers lost, they did they were not going to make the playoffs, and if they won, they they got in the playoffs. And just Yancey Thigpen, like I think it was fourth down, corner of the end zone, just ball bounced off his chest, and and the Packers end up winning that game. So I remember I remember we were caroling in an old folks' home up in Indiana, and that game was on TV. I remember watching that game on TV. So I remember that. Obviously, then the Super Bowl was the next year, but yeah, I don't I didn't. Like it was one of those I grew up watch. I grew up a fan of the Packers, but we never lived there, so I didn't get a chance to watch a whole right. lot because before Favre got there, like they weren't on national TV because they were terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I know Steve probably has a better answer than I do. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I lived through that stuff. I definitely lived through <laughs> that. But uh, I mean, I remember Don Magic Man Mikowski. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that got me hooked was. My dad actually worked in South Carolina, and when he came back, uh, for like came back, he had gone to the University of South Carolina where Sterling Sharp went, and I got a Sterling right. Sharp South Carolina jersey, and so I wore that thing every day, like I wore it as often as possible, and just seeing Sterling Sharp, like he's he's kind of the one that drew me in, like. The man was just so talented and like seeing football for the first time and like kind of under like being old enough to actually understand what was going on yeah. and then seeing Sterling Sharp be so good. He's the guy that kind of him and, and Mikowski were the two that really got me going. And for me, you know, I, I kind of just grew up in a Packers household that that was the team that my dad rooted for and then my mom began rooting for. Uh, so as a kid, it was just hey you're a Packers fan this is who you are this is what our family does we watch the games on Sunday you know when they were on TV uh, where we lived Uh, so if I had to pinpoint you know where it kind of became real for me I guess it's when I went to my first game as as a child and Mm. you know we we drove down to Miami and we went and it's I've told this story before on the podcast you know it's a thousand degrees outside and in the fall in Florida and you know I went we were so far away, you could barely see the players. And I, I think my parents thought I was going to hate it. And I ended up loving it. And that, you know, from there, I, I'm wearing the t-shirts, I'm buying the trading cards, with my brother, and, and we're just kind of into it. And I don't remember, you know, looking back on my childhood and growing up, 
since then, I don't really remember a point where we didn't do that on the weekends or we didn't talk about football or we weren't playing. I think Madden was a really big part of it too. We were always playing Madden on our GameCube um, and we'd always want to be the Packers. We'd argue about who would get to play as the Packers. And from there, just growing up, then actually, you know, getting a bit older and understanding, oh, this is how the plays actually work. You know, this is, you know, the different skill sets that are required and really beginning to understand it and then meeting, you know, friends at school that understood it and playing fantasy. And from there, it just exploded into what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw one more memory out there because this one just sprung to mind when Steve was talking about Sterling Sharp. This was in 92. It was Packers-Lions, and there was so much snow on the field. I think it ended up being a 65-yard touchdown to Sterling Sharp. But he pulled but up the one. He the dropped line. the ball early. He didn't. He didn't drop he, it. But he, he pulled up. He crossed the five and thought it was the yeah. end zone. And someone knocked it out of his hand and he recovered it in the end zone. I remember watching that because you couldn't see. Like you just had. Yeah. I think like you know every five yard was like was was plowed. So I remember like seeing this snow game where you couldn't even see what was going on and the players did not know if it was a touchdown or not. Uh, so <laughs> I remember that that was another one that hooked me early. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think especially for you guys because you grow up like with. American football around you it's kind of like I think for a lot of people they have that moment where they go from being like being told to be a fan or like being encouraged to be a fan of a team and then like consciously deciding that oh actually this is the team that I want over the other teams like this is like why my team is better or whatever you know it's like yeah I find it's really interesting to hear about that what is just out of curiosity what is the big sport in Australia is it rugby is that the main sport uh, it really depends where you live. Like we have AFL. Like um, I don't know how much you guys have watched the Pat McAfee show. I know like you guys used to like rec- I cover it and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, he he got quite into it last year. Aussie rules football, I guess as you probably say. Um, and that's kind of like if if like football was like just punting, basically, right? Um, I'm not actually personally a very big fan. Sounds awesome. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not the, the biggest fan. Um, like my my partner's dad is like something of like, like the equivalent of college football to the NFL. He's kind of like a legend in like that here in Australia. He won like two championships and he coached and he um, played for this team for like twenty years with his dad at the same time as well. Um, and yeah, like yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like AFL fans, but when you go to the New South Wales or Queensland, a lot of people are like diehard rugby fans, um, and a lot of people who live there, they'll call that football instead of the Australian football league. Um, So yeah, it really depends where you live. My family actually hates sport. So I'm the only one who follows it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, We did get a couple of, of fan questions. There were several of them that were based I mean, honestly, like there were several and based all about the offensive line. So we kind of took uh, we took Matt Pickett's question and that's kind of encompassed in a lot of the other ones. So we'll get reactions from all you guys. So he wanted to know, given what we've seen, heard or read, um, what do you think are the most likely players on the starting offensive line in week one? Also, what's your favorite position battle to monitor and why? So um Nick, we'll give you if you, do you want to answer some of these two? Absolutely. No. You good? All right. Well, let's start with you then, because we normally let Dusty handle all the heavy lifting <laughs> on these type of things. So we'll give you the opportunity to look even smarter than Dusty. <laughs> um yeah, with with the like the O line, it's really hard because we like, yeah, we still really don't know what's going on with like Bakhtiari and like, you know, him and Jenkins are like looking good, 
but you know kind of like could have said that last year right um and so it's really hard to tell but if if we kind of ignore those guys that are on on the pub um i think like what they what they had today um was like yosh on the left side runyon myers and then newman at right guard with tom on the right side um which I think, yeah, that's it's like if especially how much they generally trust the guys who've been around for a bit longer is probably like a decent shot. That's going to end up being it. But I think because Tom played left tackle in college, right? So what I would guess if, yeah, if they don't have their guys is probably Tom ends up left tackle, Runyon left guard, Myers at center, and probably Sean Ryan at right guard. I'm a really big Ryan guy. Um, and I think he could like almost instantly kind of like plug and play and um nyman at right tackle mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need a fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special mother's day deals save big on the season's most beautiful trends for a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Dusty, take it away. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, was that last week, two weeks ago? We talked about over-unders for Bakhtiari. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that was last week. And I think I set it at like three and a half games or something. So I'm, I'm you know, like kind of taking the approach Nick did. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're like... Those guys on the pop, I assume Jenkins is not starting week one. Bakhtiari, I certainly hope so, but at this point, not banking on it. So I'm kind of going, I mean, roughly the same, except I've got, so I've got Nyman left tackle, uh, Runyon left guard, Myers in the middle. I know they've been working Tom a lot out at tackle, but they've also been working Royce Newman a lot at tackle. So I'm actually going Tom right guard and then uh, Royce Newman at right tackle um, is, is kind of the alignment I'm going with. And then a favorite positional battle, the monitor. I'm, I go cornerback. I'm really interested in that group. We've got the top three of Alexander Stokes Douglas. And after that, it's it's anyone's game. And so you've been hearing some buzz about a handful of different guys. I know uh, Shamar, Shamar, Shamar John Charles, who was what, fifth round pick last year. Shut up, Lou. Sure, yeah, I got in one of those. Got in one of those. Uh, fifth round pick last year who was kind of undersized, but I really liked him just because he showed a lot of good things as far as intelligence and tackling. Uh, and I think I like him a lot. It sounds like he's making some noise. Rico Gafford, who I believe was a cornerback turned wide receiver turned cornerback again, has been making some noise. Nixon uh, is kind of a Basachi guy, but he's kind of a, a guy to watch. And then KB Anento, who's kind of a camp darling last year, and he's kind of back in the mix. So I think that group right there, there's a, there's enough guys. There's a, that fourth, fifth sixth spot even up for grabs and so all those guys are kind of making noise to get it so i'm i'm really curious and interested to see where that goes yeah and with with offensive line i don't think i really need to elaborate much it's going to be some variation of what D- dusty and nick said i really liked um the offensive line that was starting on tuesday you know nick had mentioned it was yash runyon myers newman and tom that's a really interesting mix and kind of excited to see how they build on that um, but as always, 
feel really good about this group. You know, the O-line every year is one where you're like, wow, that's a, a deep position group. They have the depth that's necessary there. Hopefully Bakhtiari and Jenkins can come back sooner rather than later. But like you said, Dusty, I'm not feeling particularly great about that right now. And I don't want to get my hopes up. And we also know that the Packers are very conservative. So come week one, they're going to probably want the guys in there that have actually been able to participate as full participants in training camp. Um, and that are 100% healthy. They don't want to take any risks. I mean, God forbid they put Bakhtiari out there or something and he's still not 100% ready. And then he ends up being out for most of or the whole season because he rushed back. So at this point, let's just continue to take um, our time with it. For my favorite positional batter, battle to monitor, I'm really interested in what's happening with the safeties right now. Um, you know, it it seemed obvious that that yes, Amos and Savage would be the two, but a lot of interesting things from Sean Davis. You know, we were talking about a little bit before we accord that Levitt, you know, he's a Psachia guy and he's really, you know, causing some noise in camp and bringing things to the table. Um, so kind of just interested to see how it shakes out. I know that with Savage and Amos, they can kind of move them out of that traditional Roll from time to time and they can be a bit more flexible so maybe if some of these other guys like davis are stepping up then they can move them around and have some a lot of fun but the defense specifically the secondary just in general you know obviously safety and cornerback are shaping out really nicely and i love that it feels like for the first time in a bit that it's really competitive in that group where before it was just okay this is who's going to be the starters and really nothing after that so it's nice to, that there's some sort of conversation yeah, I mean, I don't really like. Again, you guys have covered the offensive line, I think, enough to the point where it's going to be some combination of that. I mean, obviously, Bakhtiari is going to be a big one as to what's going on there. But honestly, that's the thing I'm watching the most right now is what's going on with that offensive line, where they're moving people. Um, obviously, Green Bay is huge on um, positional versatility for the offensive line. They love getting them all over the place, training them on multiple positions. So if somebody goes down like Elton Jenkins was that guy before he went down, he could play left tackle, right tackle guard center, whatever they needed. If somebody went down, they could move him. So obviously they like doing that, but I just kind of like seeing where they're putting these guys and what positions they're putting them in. So it, it's pretty fascinating. So should be fun to watch for the rest of uh, training camp. And we do have one more question, and it's very, very on brand for us. So it's from at uh, cheesehead underscore Eric. What is the best part of the Oreo, the cookie or the cream? So, Nick, we'll start with you, and please know that we will be judging this answer very thoroughly. <laughs> oh, such a hard question. To me, it's so hard because, like, yeah, it's like the combination of both, right? I think if I could only have one, it would be, have to be the biscuit. It's like, I don't know, I'm not really like, when it comes to like, like cakes, I don't really like, like frosting or icing that much. And like eating just filling would like drive me insane. So I think I'd have to go with the biscuit, pretty good biscuit and has, has you know, cool patterns on it. So it's a plus. I'll, I'll have to go the same. I think, listen, man, there's a reason why we don't like the most stuff Oreos and it's because there's, there's too much. I could eat a basket. I, I don't know how big the basket, a basket <laughs> full of just the cookies. But if you give me a spoonful of like just the filling, like I, I will throw it back in your face. So yeah, it's too much. So yeah, it's, 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 it's the cookie. I agree. Um, you know, we're, we're three for three right now. So Steve, no pressure. Um, but 
I also love dunking um, the cookie and, in milk. And yes. we've talked about this, that the golden Oreo is just not the same. When you do that, you're like, Ugh, it doesn't have, the, it doesn't hit the same. It's not weight. an Oreo. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. Like I, I just ate, I don't know, a plain cracker. That's what it tastes like. Um, oh. And yes, the cream helps. I know there's different flavors and people go crazy for the different flavors, but like Nick said, we're all about the classics and that, you know, chocolate traditional Oreo is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's a clean sweep for us. I'm very much like Teddy KGB from uh, from Rounders where I sit there and I will try to crack the Oreo perfectly to the point where it's one perfect cookie with nothing on it and one perfect one cookie with the cream on it. So and then I will eat them separately. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's that's the way to go for sure. Well, guys, that's going to uh, almost wrap it up here. Um, obviously, we want to thank Nick for coming on, but we're going to do a couple of final thoughts. Uh, so, Nick, we're going to start with you. If uh, if you're up for it, if you got anything you just want to put out there, if you uh, do uh, uh, write articles, I mean, if you have a restaurant in Australia you're going to tell people to go to, like, what uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, well, I think I'm contractually obligated to plug my the restaurant that I work at. Um, I really, I really, <laughs> I really, I do really, really love working there. My head chef is Canadian, so I guess that's like close enough to Wisconsin, right? Um, so it's called it's called <laughs> basically the same. <laughs> it's called uh, Pippi's Kiosk. Um, on Instagram, you can find it at p i p i s k i o s k. Um, if you're ever in the neighborhood. In, in the other Melbourne, you know, uh, definitely come swing past. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, for me, for me, not a whole lot. Um, it's like, I actually, I used to play American football and, like, I hope to start playing again once I kind of, like, have more free time. But, like, a lot of those guys that I played with didn't really follow the NFL as much as they followed college. So it was really awesome to talk to you guys and kind of get, like, yeah, like, you know, very like-minded, fanatic opi- opinions and, like, talk to you guys about these kind of things because it's otherwise it's this or through twitter at like 3 a.m so um yeah thanks for today guys absolutely we loved it thanks for coming on it was great to get to know you and just hear about we love hearing about packers fan stories and you know how everyone fell in love with the packers just like we did and like so many other people did and you know we talk a lot about this on this podcast about how whether you have a podcast or you blog or you do things on YouTube or you just like to live tweet during the games that the Packers community is really unique that we have we have the opportunity to connect with so many people from all over the world yeah um, and I love that it's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast and you know previously writing at, at Cheesehead TV so thanks for joining us I, and um, you know sharing and being willing to share you know <laughs> your story and perspective and look forward to keeping in touch with you. You know, we, we still talk with Matt just every yeah. now and then, and, you know, we have some banter with him on Twitter. So looking forward to this season, you know, catching up with you from time yeah. to time. And, um, you know, if you, if you ever do start a podcast, like let us know, always happy to help you out. And whether it's just questions or, um, you know, looking for guests or topics. So yeah, really enjoyed having you on and getting to know you. Awesome. Yeah, I echo echo Sarah's thoughts. Uh, I mean, that was it's it's like, like I mean, like we talked about at the beginning. I mean, we 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 know we kind of uh, talk into the void every single week, and and are lucky to have people listen. Um, it's awesome to be able to to connect with with you, someone who 
again, for some reason, listens. And we thank you for that and getting caught up with you. And I mean, your unique perspective being from Australia, not only from Australia, but I, we loved, um, I think that was, that was kind of one of the selling points in the, you know, people submitted all their stories and everything. We love the idea. We got, we got to talk to the guy whose origin story is, is watching Aaron Rodgers highlights uh, and falling in love with that. Uh, we just, we thought that was kind of a very awesome and unique way. So that was uh, great to hear your story. Great talking to you again. If you, uh, if you start a podcast, start writing, do anything, you just, Man, just hit us up. We'll be uh, be your biggest supporters and cheerleaders and, and all of that. So uh, just really awesome talking to you. And I guess I'll, I'll pimp my stuff. Do I pimp my stuff now, I guess? This yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I had my uh, Devontae thing go up last week where I looked at the explosive plays the Packers generated with him versus without him. I'm trying to work on a follow-up to that. And then the season's like the first preseason game is like next week. So man, I'm under the gun here. I got to get this done. So we'll see if something gets done. I'm looking at either looking at how Lazard was used uh, with Devante versus the games when he was out or possibly uh, kind of the Packers quick passing game and how they did that with Devante versus without, because there are enough differences. I've looked at those and kind of compared the numbers conceptually, what they did and all that. And there are some very clear patterns that are kind of coming out during that. So right now it's just a matter of, do I have time to do it? So I don't know if I do, but keep an eye out. Hopefully next week um, I'll have at least one, maybe two pieces or maybe zero pieces. Who knows? Look, it's all a mystery. It's a grand mystery. So, uh, so beautiful, yeah, that's, beautiful. That's me, I, I was just going to say mystery, a beautiful yeah. mystery. <laughs> See, I feel like I said that recently and then want to overdo the joke, but, uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful mystery. I would just say like, if it, obviously a big thank you to Nick for joining us. And I'm, you know, we'd record this at night and Sarah even made this joke. Nick is recording the Wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast on Wednesday, which has <laughs> never been done before. So, uh, kudos to you for doing being the first time first ever but to me it's just all about the Packers community like it's an amazing thing like when it's when you know when people aren't going crazy like it's it's really a community of people that that really will do anything to help each other and it's so this was just a lot of fun and I'm glad we did it again and I look forward to doing it again next offseason and um so thank you to Nick uh, for joining us make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely at Sarah Keller for at Steve Perhatch, at Nicholas GRGR, and at Packaday Podcast. Um, we will be back next week talking some more Packers football and getting ready for some preseason games and all that kind of good stuff. But thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Pack Go! Know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com/podcast.